You're listening to Cast, Season 6, Overview and Recap. Cast. I am one of your newbies in my living room in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. Yes, my name is Paul Mackey. I didn't say that part. Hi, Paul Mackey. I already messed it up. I'm Darcy. Hi, Darcy. Hi. You've got energy. I I, I have Red Bull. Woo. Ooh. This is like a support group for season six. <laughs> Hi, I'm John. Hi, John. <laughs> I'm Darcy. Uh, at the top of the show, and just now you heard uh, John Pavlich again. Greetings. And we're also joined by our other newbie, Yvette. Hey, y'all. And uh, heading up this whole thing today, just as a somewhat of experimental new thing, uh, Annie. Hi. Hi. Hey. Um, okay, so I've never been the discussion leader before, but I will, I will do my best. We'll give it a shot. Uh, I can start with my super short season recap that I wrote of you know the the actual main plot points. Hey, reminders. It's not much of a recap. Reminders are good. Yeah, so I'll just read that. All right. Um, all of the most important stuff this season happened off screen. Uh, averting the apocalypse and tossing the bo- bosses into the cage left heaven and hell in chaos, resulting in a power vacuum in both sectors. King of the Crossroads Crowley somehow won leadership of Hell, while in Heaven, Raphael declared his intention to reopen the cage and get the apocalypse back on track. Cass became leader of a dissenting angelic faction, with all the right intentions to keep the cage closed and Earth safe. But evidently Crowley's grip on Hell wasn't as firm as he'd have liked, so he had the idea of pillaging purgatory for souls to gain power. He seduced the equally underpowered Cass into helping him by offering to split the souls in purgatory, appealing to his pride and telling him that God had obviously brought him back to rule heaven. Crowley also resurrected Samuel Campbell to hunt alphas as a means of gaining access to purgatory, hoping that the family element would keep the boys from interfering. In his desperation to avert the reignition of the apocalypse, Cass stooped to working with Crowley, using monster souls as weapons, lies, manipulation, betrayal, and finally murder. Meanwhile, the boys ran around handling Monster of the Week cases and occasionally being used by Crowley or Cass. Interesting phrasing, because the way Cass would put it, um, they were using him frequently when he was too busy, or trying to be too busy to do other things. Yep. Yeah, and he had a point there. I mean, he absolutely had a point about them taking him and his help for granted, but he did have... Balthazar send them to another dimension as a distraction. <laughs> this was such like an odd um, episode, like uh, season, like it was so disjunct. Yes, there was a lot of disjointedness in the season. Yeah, yeah it's weird because you know we we know what supernatural is like when there's a writer strike. You know, we dealt with that in season three, and yet to me, this one feels like. 
it was impacted by a writer's strike, even though there wasn't one at the time. I'm, and I'm somewhat curious as to whether the writer's room had factions that were sort of eking it out as they were eking it out on screen, because it almost felt like, you know, we had we had the arc with the Campbells, and then we had an arc with, I mean, so, some of these overlap, of course, the arc with Sola Sam and the Campbells, and then the arc with the, the mother of all, and then finally back around to the, to the as Annie said, mostly off-screen battle in heaven that, that wrapped it all up. The interesting thing about this season, one of the most interesting things to me, is that I think they tried to do something really clever with it, and it they just weren't quite clever enough to make it work, because everything that is happening, everything that goes on is a diversion from the big story, which is the war in heaven. And so you get this murky plot of like all these random threads that just don't make a whole lot of sense together. And I've seen this, this season like five times and I still have to sit and kind of pick through and sort out uh, what exactly happened, what was going on, <laughs> how did these events relate to each other? It's just well, I, a mess. I think it goes back to what you were saying that it that it so much of it happens off screen, and that's when you're dealing with, um, you know, a visual medium such as this, and so much of what makes film and television work is that it is all about show and tell. Uh, I remember I was I was uh, a friend of mine was working on a script, and he had called me and he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm opening." on this bus where, and this uh, girl starts talking to this guy and uh, she starts like telling him like what got her to that bus and like what's been happening with her. And I said, well, it's a, it's a script, right? Like it's, it's a movie. Right. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. well then just, just show it. Like, don't have the guy at all. Like give us like dreams or flashbacks or something that that showed us how she got to that bus like don't don't ever just lean over to some stranger that she doesn't know and just tell her life story like that's terrible you know unless, and i yeah, feel unless he's gonna be part of yeah never unless he's part of the story yeah, yeah. yeah um but i feel like this this was very much that where they had this this big epic battle in heaven going on and they either like didn't know how to uh, represent that visually because I mean that is a pretty lofty thing um, or they maybe they couldn't afford to and so they just had it happen off screen and we would just sort of hear about it in passing but it's supposed to be a big deal yeah so about the about yeah. the battle in heaven so we had we had the the factions were the uh, the Raphael pro apocalypse let's let's get this thing back on track Mm -hmm. And then we had the uh, the uh, Castiel faction, which would be, I guess, the uh, the pro humans. Pro humans, or maybe just following him because he died and God brought him back. Like you really don't know why they're following him. Yeah. So and then and now meanwhile, uh, I mean, at the end, Castiel is is possibly just power drunk and deciding that hey, what the heck, I'm the new god, or. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, it's, so do do we do we believe that the 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 true God is is completely washed his hands of the whole thing? I mean, they they had a hint in the season five where they they told the guys to back off looking for him, or Castell to back off looking for him. Mm -hmm. So is he is he ever coming back? Is is this all just? Uh... <laughs> 
I can't answer no, that. Can't. No, this is something. <laughs> this is something I'm pondering, not something I'm asking. It's a difference. The, right, the it's, main it's rhetorical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I really wanted, what I was really excited about talking about uh, in our season six retrospective was not so much the plot developments with the war in heaven, but the character implications for Cass. Um, I very much consider season six to be Cass's season, which is very strange because he's not in it very much. And he's in the background when he is in it and it's like he's very disconnected and strange and that's because he's going through these massive character developments um he in season four at the end of season four he deliberately chose to fall he chose to disobey heaven and he and all the angels you know considered that a fall but i think his real fall takes place during this season he falls from you know his uh his always trying to do things for you know for the, not for his own benefit but just for to help peep Sam and Dean specifically but people in general um it just it's slowly he fell this season into um into badness he had this this is his first ever real attempt at free will after the apocalypse has been you know dealt with now he's left to have his own free will and um, make his own choices. And uh, what he does with that is immediately start to make every worst possible decision. He lies and he's deceptive and manipulative and um, he selfish. uses his friends. He's selfish and eventually he murders one of his friends. And Yeah, he's not well equipped to handle life without someone telling him what to do. Yeah, so it's just, it's really exciting for me to, to be able to, you know, talk about that, I guess. I, you can probably tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's also interesting that that you know he got in trouble last time for um, being a bit of a free thinker. You know, he, he disobeyed heaven. You know, he, he, he left his post as a soldier and disobeyed orders so that he could be more selfless and help people and Sam and Dean specifically – and then now he has sort of gotten himself into some trouble by going in the opposite direction and being very selfish and being all about this big war in heaven. Uh, and everyone else around him is suffering for it. And he's being very uh, manipulative. But, you know, now again, he's, you know, as, as Dean suggested at the end of the season, you know, you're 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 all messed up and and you're just a time bomb waiting to go off and we need to like remedy this. And he's just refusing to listen to reason. He's sort of drunk with power. Like Andy said, he, he thinks that, uh, that he's doing everything for the best reasons. He, he really believes that. And, uh, well, he's a lot like, he's a lot like the angels, uh, you know, uh, uh, a season ago where their, their whole thing was like, Oh no, this apocalypse needs to happen. It'll, it'll, It'll be good in the long run. Right. You know, we're we're doing the world good. a favor. Yeah. Greater good is always, always a trap in stories. The greater good. And Crowley made a perfect foil with the, I mean, I, I love the way he s- sort of seduces Cass in that one scene where he's like, well, obviously God brought you back for a reason. And, you know, that reason is obviously power. So you should, 
you should make some sacrifices and make the hard choices like a good leader should. And, um, it's it's very seductive stuff. It's the trap that everybody falls into. And now, uh, not I mean, this this might be a little bit too. Uh undirected but uh, I was going to say now now Crow, now uh, Castiel has plans for Crowley. Right. The shoes on the other foot. He could have uh, he could have got he could have wiped the slate clean in the uh, in that uh, in that room at the end but he uh, he let him go and got rid of Raphael cuz he still has I am looking for forward Crowley. I am looking forward to seeing like Castiel and Crowley working like maybe more together and Cass being like a big bad character. Maybe that's like predictions coming up. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I don't know if I see them working together again, or whether I see them working against each other. Still, I mean, even I guess we're gonna find out. I mean, or uh, you know, Crowley working um, against against his will for for Cass. Um. Do you want to hit the uh, the what characters are have gone that we will uh, that we would love to have seen again and uh, who we want to see? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm just following along a little bit here. Yeah. Um. So who will who will we miss? Well, we're definitely going to miss Balthazar. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like the uh, the cheeky, somewhat loose cannon in the uh, in the mix. Although yeah. Some- Although there is some some question as to how loose of a loose cannon he was and how much he was being directed, because obviously the Titanic was not a uh, as much as portray as much as it was portrayed to the boys, he was not a loose cannon. You know who I'm going to miss is the Dragon Lady, um, you know the lady Ellie? with the sword. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put her <laughs> name. Um, like, for one, just off of wasted potential. You know they they. They bring her into the story, and it's like, oh, who's this person? She seems interesting. And then they tie her to Bobby, and then they kill her. And it's like, well, that, ah. Oh. Yeah, that character didn't really go anywhere. I was kind of expecting her to be a bigger deal. Right. Yeah, I was expecting, and so, her, to be, and I was expecting her to be a bigger deal before we found out she was a monster out of purgatory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was just, there were, there were just, like, all of these different buttons they kept adding to her. And so by the time they killed her off, she became really appealing and interesting. But then they didn't, you know, it's like it's like dressing up a cake and then not eating it and throwing it away. And it's like, well, I oh, all right, then. (laughs) Well, I love the fate character. So I'm hoping we get more from the fates in the future. Yeah, I'd like to see her that her specifically and possibly her sisters. Yeah, I want to see her sisters for sure. And so this person, I don't ever yeah, there's three fates. Yeah. Um, so I don't never need to see Eve again, but also <laughs> was confused because it seemed like she was going to be a real big deal, right? And then it's kind of just like she was there and then she's gone, right? So, so much of this season was just that, where like something gets introduced, seems really potentially interesting, like a big deal. They make a big deal out of it and they're not really around much. And then they show up one more time and they get vanquished pretty easily actually and it almost and it begs the question why did you even bother in the first place yeah it just seemed like well this was wasted like we could have spent that on something else mm-hmm. 
And we spent an awful lot of time on an entire family of Campbells to gradually <laughs> kill them all off. <laughs> and yeah, we were happy. we never see them again. <laughs> yeah, that was way less interesting than the show seemed to think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Samuel, hopefully gone forever. Much as we like the performer. Oh yeah, Mitch Pelegi's great. It's a Samuel was a Samuel was a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A douchebag and just like a weird character who didn't really make much sense. Yeah. Well he was he was kind of uh it, it felt like it was like a, it was like the uh the worst reputation of John, you know, from before he really Yeah joined up with them and became part of their team when you you were just seeing the all the all the bad things that John did to to the boys as they were growing up and and that kind of thing, right? Well, it was like it was like John had something that sort of grounded him, and even though Samuel had this really big family that he traveled with, he never seemed like there was anything anchoring him. So like he was allowed to just sort of just you know go off and and do whatever, and there was nothing there was nothing there was nothing regulating him. Yeah, he was going to get. He was apparently, you know, just in, in a, almost a throwaway, you know, one episode plot point. Uh, he was going to get their mom back, right? And that was about it. Otherwise, he didn't really. I mean, he, while while those others were his family, they didn't feel particularly connected to him in a, in a particular way. Well, I mean, even when they when they started dying, like he didn't even he didn't seem bothered that much. It's like, wait, like you care so much about, <coughs> you know, about about getting Mary back. But then like the rest of your family, you're just like, whatever. Right. Like, well, well that, that one's dead. One, <laughs> yeah. one less mouth to feed, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> we had Grumpy Parker Lewis. We had uh, we had Gwen, Gwen, Gwen Campbell, who may or may not have been a baby talk pun on Glenn Campbell. <laughs> 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 Elmer Fudd. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to miss Rufus. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And Lisa yeah, and I Ben. Could. I will. I don't care about Lisa and Ben. They could be <laughs> dead forever. I feel, like, I feel like we could have had <laughs> They're not them. dead. They're alive. <laughs> they are alive. No, they're alive. I know they're alive. But for me, kill them off. They could, be. They could like, be. We could revisit them to kill them, and I'd be fine with them. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Yeah, I think, there well, were, I think there could have been more Rufus stories. Bobby and, and Rufus buddy cop show, and yeah, and they they had some some uh, some dark backstory that just barely got mentioned, and then he died. Grump, grumpy old hunters. Yeah, <laughs> they're both too old for this. Shit. <laughs> Indeed, I'd watch that. So, do we have any season highs or lows? Well, the French mistake was a high. Yeah, that's that was top hilarious. List. <laughs> Yeah, some standalones are probably. I mean, that one that one was just barely connected to the War in Heaven. It was, it was like, oh, well, I guess it's connected, but the majority of the plot doesn't have anything to do with it. It was literally a, a, a distraction or a diversion, and, and I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> it was. Maybe, it was very. Maybe we needed that, you know. It was. Yeah, it was, that's what I was going to say. It was very much needed and appreciated. So, so that's yeah. That that one's definitely uh, probably the highest point for me and and i also um i'm a big fan of uh the episode that that was focused on Cass and the way it was structured to get things from his perspective like he was telling us that story 
Yeah, you know, I'm just praying, say, praying to God. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, the, um, speaking of Rufus, the weekend at Bobby's was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, the, Bob, the Bobby-centric episode with with help from Rufus. Yeah, kind of felt like a good old. Uh... Or with no help from Rufus, as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. He tried to come through in the end. I liked the fairy episode. Oh, that was yeah, that was I funny. That I forgot about that was yeah, fun. That was yeah, a good one. <laughs> I also really liked it. the The difference uh, in Jared's acting between soulless Sam and you know when he got his soul back. It just it was very to me. It's very palpable that this is a completely different version of Sam, and it just felt right. Like that whole soulless thing was really weird and. Another piece that just doesn't quite seem to fit into the season. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it did feel right when Sam was back again. Yeah, so, so I had that under highs. So now, yeah, so now that we've gotten the, uh, the reintegration episode right at the end, so now, in theory, he's got all of his memories from when he was soulless, all of his memories from when he was regular Sam, and all the memories from hell is and, and uh, you don't have to answer that. I think I already asked it during the during the discussion of the finale, but we should, in theory, get something more about him being all tied back together and having all of those memories. At least the, the hell memories is, should not just be glossed over with one, oh my gosh, I'm on fire outside this place, oh wait, no, I'm not, and be done. Yeah, I do wonder if they're going to actually like bring up all of this in the next season, and I'm not sure if I trust them to do it right. Because, I mean, Kripke did it with uh, with Dean coming back from hell and having memories of hell and dealing with all of the torture and everything, and with Alistair and all of that. And some of that got a little bit long, but still, it was they, they dealt with it. And I'm wondering whether it just, you know, oh, Sam's all back together now, and that's fine, after such a big deal about not scratching the wall and all the rest of that. Yeah, given what the way uh, season six has played out, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say whether I can trust them to to really like work into that. I mean, it's, it, it could be a it could be a long trudge to get through the, some some PTSD, Sam, from from all of and, the memories of hell. And it's frustrating because it, uh, on on the flip side of that, I'm so over it anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm 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 over it, and he hasn't even really had memories of hell, and I I kind of feel like. There's some risk that if you decide to, to address that, that you have a little bit of your main one of your main characters kind of, you know, extremely depressed and trudging through half the season. Like oh, I don't know, Buffy in season six. It's it, it is very much a, very much a, a two edged sword. There's a risk of that. Yeah. I liked the the episode with Fate. That was a lot of fun, and we got a new character out of it. So. Yep, and she's not dead yet. Oh, right. Yeah, she is a, f- a female character. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and just a... There's so many characters that, that didn't make it through this season female or not. Right, but apparently it only matters if it's a female character, so I figured I'd bring it up. <laughs> I'm, suppo- I'm supposed to be angry. Is this a good time to check out our spreadsheets? Yes, Absolutely. Ooh, spreadsheets. All right, y'all. Let's talk about everybody's least favorite episodes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so my least favorite with a zero rating was Two and a Half Men. John, your least favorites, you had 
you were tied with Exile on Main Street and Unforgiven, both with a four. Paul, your least favorite was Mannequin 3 with a two. (laughs) Uh, Darcy's least favorite on this one was Third Man with a one. And Anna, you had a four-way tie. Exile on Main Street, Two and a Half Men, Like a Virgin, and Unforgiven all came in at a five. Least favorite for our guests was The Man Who Knew Too Much, what came in with a six. Hmm. Um, The least favorite on average, Mannequin 3 with a three and a half. All right. Wow. Our favorites this season were, for me, My Heart Will Go On, which I gave a 10. Uh, John, you had a four-way tie on favorites. These all had tens. Weekend at Bobby's, French Mistake, and then there were none, and The Man Who Would Be King. Yep. Paul, you had a two-way tie here with French Mistake and Weekend at Bobby's, both with a 10. Mm -hmm. Darcy, you gave a 9 to clap your hands if you believe. (laughs) 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 Annie, your favorites, both with 10s, were French Mistake and The Man Who Would Be King. And the favorite for our guest was Caged Heat with a 9. The favorite overall... With a nine was Weekend at Bobby's, which I think is probably, that's about right, I think. Um, overall, here are our ratings. I gave this a 4.64, which is very low. That's your overall season rating? I think rating? that's about right. That's overall season. Oh, wow. Uh, John, overall this season, you went with a seven and a half, so you were much more generous. Oh, that's actually, yeah, that's actually surprising. I'm wondering if that just sort of happened just... As you were watching? Well, no, I, I, well, I think I think it might have just happened just based off of those those one off episodes that I gave that I gave such high marks to, you know, the the the, the four episodes that I gave a 10 to mm-hmm. might have resulted in that. Well, you didn't have a lot of low marks. There no, weren't a lot not. below five under here. So, yeah, so. I guess I guess you're right. I guess I was just uh, I was just feeling generous. I don't know. Uh I don't know. It, it takes a lot. It takes a lot for me to like, you know, be like, I hated this. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, not for me. Uh, Paul, six and a half overall. Okay, slightly better than average. Uh, Darcy, five point four. That was pretty low. <laughs> uh, closest to me. And Annie, you went with a seven point three nine for this season. Oh wow, that does oh, okay. Seem so high. yeah, it's not just me. <laughs> Our guests gave it a 7.5, and overall, everybody averaged it up 6.36. So, better than average, but certainly nothing to write home about. 6.36 for season six. Mm hmm. Unfortunately, not 666. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been funny. Yeah. I was a little surprised by. by some of the things, like definitely, I thought Annie and John's were higher than I expected them to be. But and yeah, it, apparently I, I expected different as well. <laughs> and we did we, last episode. We did declare that that Ty was the winner for uh, for who wins, who lo- loses. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, it's really a tie, and everybody when you go through here is a tie. Really? <laughs> yeah, like we were very indecisive. This. Huh. Uh yeah. I, I could see I, that. I remember saying Ty a lot just for my my, my main vote. 
No. Right. Lots of ties, lots of neithers. Yeah, tie neither. Somebody oh. else. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I remember saying neither a lot, just because that, just out of like, sort of, because of the way things played out. It's like I can't. There's not really anybody to root for, so just sort of by default because of that, then my answer would be neither. And so, yeah, like I think I think that is that is very reflective upon season six itself. Yeah, because there's also like a lot of instances where I felt like they were kind of inconsequential to the story. So who would win, you know, if neither of them really matter? Right. Anybody have any predictions for season seven? Oh, well, um, so Castiel believes himself to be the new god. I don't think he's going to get a lot of followers on that regard. As much as power, as much as he has power to uh, to to smite or or knock back anybody who denies him, I don't necessarily see him getting a lot of people saying, "Oh," or people, angels, whatever, saying, "Yeah, we'll agree with you on that." Um, but if he does try to assert his power enough, I I would hope that someone would be ambitious enough to actually have the real and true proper God, you know, give him a spanking at least, maybe not on screen, <laughs> maybe not literally. <laughs> Possibly not literally, but uh, something along those lines. You know, come come back and say, uh, by the way, no. <laughs> this is not the way that things should be. Um, and then meanwhile, he said he had plans for Crowley, so I'm wondering if Crowley will end up working, you know, against his will for, for Cass, or working working in what he thinks is his own purpose, but turns out to serve Cass. Something along those lines. Uh, meanwhile, I guess our main characters, the Winchester boys... Really, I don't necessarily have a prediction for them. I mean, I assume that they're going to be um, attempting to reason with Cass. You know, he's 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 denied that they are they are his uh, family or his friends any longer, almost uh, pretty much as far as I could tell. So, uh, but I think they're going to try to reason with him, and uh, I don't know where they're going to get with that. But uh, I think that's uh, that's going to be their their main goal for the beginning is just. Uh, Trying to deal with whatever messes Cass starts to create, and and try to reason with him, talk him down from being a a god. I think they're gonna fighty fight, and then they're gonna like make up and be friends again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 I imagine eventually Cass needs to be depowered, and I don't know whether that's gonna be like I said the the spanking from God, or whether that's gonna be something else that depowers him, or whether he voluntarily does it. But I don't see him having godlike powers for much more than the first one or two episodes. Ooh, you think really soon. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's, that's going to be something they resolve pretty quickly. Fifth episode. Fifth episode? You're going for five? Yeah. Five episodes of Godlike Powers for Cass? Yeah. That's I think Castiel... I'm going to vote for uh, 11 episodes. I'm going to go halfway through the season. Woo! All right. I'm, uh, yeah. If i got to put it solid, I'll put it as two. I think All Castiel right, is going to... It's going to lose his uh he's gonna lose his coat and that's gonna mess with his mojo and he's gonna spend an episode getting his mojo back by finding his coat <laughs> kind of like spike in season seven hey you got it that's what i was going for that's the joke all right nice coat Paul, you, you go to darcy five and i'll vote 11 okay i'm putting it into our notes so we can keep track of this, Woo-hoo. Well, this is fun. Uh, days until cast becomes ungodlike here we go exciting um, but yeah, I think I mean that's that's kind of my uh, my picture of what might happen early season. I don't know. I, I I'm also going to assume that uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna make the assumption that Cassis will not be the overarching big bad for the entire season, and there'll be something else new. Ooh, I like that. Well, I mean, that's how he's going to become not godlike again. Could be. Possibly. I mean, is there any other way to write it? Well, he could be the big bad yes. for the whole season. I'm putting him as the big bad until, like, clearly somebody worse has to come along, and then he has to join forces with the Winchesters to defeat whoever is worse. Who I'm going to go with is actual god. Actual vengeful god is going to come in and be the the, yes. worst, the big bad? Mr. Yeah, I mean, that's, <coughs> that's pretty bold if they make, like, god be the big bad of the season. I'm going to go with god. Wow. Yeah. I, no I don't think I'm going to get it, but it's fun. So uh, they th- this season they they resurrected uh, Samuel. Is there anybody that has already passed going to come back? Uh, who gets resurrected? Who who is our our uh, seasoned zombie? Zo- well, I don't know. Sam- Samuel wasn't a zombie person. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Back from the dead. Who comes back from the dead? Who could come back from the dead? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. I assume Angel stay dead. So we're probably not going to have our trickster or our Barthazar back. Um. Oh god, we're probably gonna get like someone horrible like Samuel back. Yeah, Samuel again. <laughs> yeah, again, I, again, and then just never stopping. <laughs> I'm pretty clear just from general sense of casting spoilers that we're not gonna get John back because I don't think I've ever heard anything about him being you know backing the cast. All right, well, stop there. You're not I, supposed to listen to that sort of thing. I don't listen to that sort of thing. I'm just like I don't I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. Hmm. So, but maybe mom could mom come back? Yeah, mom could come back. But mom I don't could come back. Because that was that. that was supposed to be Samuel's reward was getting her back. Right. I don't know. All right. Cool. Okay. Well, where do we go from here? Uh, I don't really have anything specific unless you guys want to talk about philosophy or new things that were introduced this season. Well, the existence of purgatory is both philosophical and a new thing that was introduced this season. Right. (laughs) And was weird, and I didn't expect it. Right. And monsters have souls that go to purgatory when they die. Did we decide whether limbo and purgatory are the same thing or not the same thing? I know we talked about it. I don't think they're the same thing, but I don't know if we ever figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we we touched on that they're... like by definition, they can't be the same thing, right? Because they because they serve different functions. Yeah, limbo being the the people that never had the chance to know God, so they didn't ever, you know, they they weren't baptized or they didn't know God, so therefore they weren't uh, going to hell, but they weren't going to heaven. And meanwhile, right. purgatory right. being purgatory being a place where you apparently can like work off so you can you can purge yourself of all of the badness enough to to be able to go back right into heaven. I guess. Like, like pur- purgatory is is like an in between place, whereas limbo limbo is like like an end. Yeah. Like limbo is a place you wind up. Purgatory is like a way station. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get limbo. Who are you? In this story, in this <laughs> universe. <laughs> like, I don't. I know where you're going, Paul. I'm sorry. You don't qualify for a limbo. No. <laughs> Not, not in their categories. No. no limbo stick for you, sir. No, no, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, prepa- I'm uh, semi-prepared for absolutely no consciousness left, and it's over. So there you go. You know, whatever happens, happens. Wouldn't be depressing for me because I wouldn't know anymore. Nope. 
Anyway. On that note, see, yeah, I, I, I said, I said something similar, but more, more in the in the physical context, and everybody yelled at me for it when, like, a couple seasons ago, I was like, the, there was like an episode where I was like, everybody was like, but don't you, doesn't that upset you if like they like did all this stuff to your body? And I'm like, what do I care? I'm dead. Like, <laughs> like, yep. Just saying. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, Annie has in her notes, uh, what is the plural for Phoenix? Phoenixes. Hey, 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 now, that's, that sounds dirty. Phoenix? I just figured, I just figured it was like fish, where it's just Phoenix is both the singular and plural. You saw three Phoenix in the sky, or you saw three Phoenixes in the sky. Well, in terms of the, I believe in terms of the original myth, there was one phoenix bird, and there was, never was a plural. Missy, so. stop ripping up the couch. But you could draw like multiple phoenixes yeah. if you wanted to, and nobody could stop you. Rapus, phoenix, phoenids. So stop phoenix. it. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, there was a phoenix, and I don't know, I don't know exactly what the uh, purpose of the phoenix was. Uh, apparently, he burst into flames and had ashes. But I, what, did he come back after that? Is that uh, they, they never really said anything about that? Never went into that. Um, there's so there's fairies. Do we get fairies anymore? Back to the fairy world, leprechaun. I loved the fairies so much. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good episode. And that's a big. I mean, uh, in terms of the in terms of the uh, the fiction market out there, there's a huge swath of fairy fiction out there. I, I would like to see and urban us fantasy. go back there. I mean, I can't predict that, but I I, I, I think that would be a good place. to I go. could see. I mean, I agree. Supernatural doesn't quite qualify as urban fantasy, but they could go that way on occasion. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would meet the urban fantasy, um, the tenets. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I mean, it's a modern setting. We've got yeah. supernatural, yeah. obviously. Urban, urban fantasy, you know, was certainly an inspiration for Kripke and creating the show. So, so it makes sense. Yeah, I could see, but I, I yeah, I could see uh, the, the the realm of fairy coming back into this into this thing if they want it to. I don't see it happening like for a season or for a. For a big arc, but uh, I would certainly. I mean, at a be... certain point, they'd have to revisit, right? Like they're going to run out of ideas. <laughs> well, I mean, it would certainly be more preferable than ever seeing like dragons or Arachne again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so lame. That was super lame. I mean, like I didn't mind the dragons in one episode, but like to go back to them, I'm just like, I no, there's not enough there. Yeah. Uh, what do we what do we got on the uh, shapeshifter front? So there were originally the, the original shapeshifters, the OG shapeshifters from the f- beginning of the season. Yeah. Now we series. have skin skinwalkers. Skinwalkers is another thing. Uh, uh, ghouls was an, yet another thing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's not even written here. Yeah, I forgot about well, that ghouls one. Ghouls wasn't the season, but. Oh yeah. yeah. Ghouls was the previous season. I'm just thinking over our varieties of shapeshifter that there are. I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
There's a lot, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure I could keep track of all that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, mean, I, think, I assume we're going to... It's always good to have it on a case. I mean, I know they've kind of played through the tropes of the do, how do I know you're you and that kind of thing, but, uh, yeah, it'll be worth another visit at some point. Right. I thought it was interesting this season that you, you sort of get a glimpse for the first time after the apocalypse of, like, some of the other big, super powerful players in the universe. Um, the season you have Eve and Death and Atropos, and they're all, like, super high-powered players that all have a vested interest in maintaining the balance. Um <coughs> I like the idea that there's a, a balance that has to be maintained and even death gets pissy if it gets if you come back too often he gets annoyed. Um, yeah, we did have that discussion at some point about the uh, about the uh, Grand Central Station of people coming by when someone dies too. <laughs> you got death to come touch them and then the uh, the reaper to reap them and sounds like a song. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that one, but I think that that'd make a great song. Something, something along the lines of the house that Jack built, sort of. Yeah, yeah. It it makes sense that uh, steps of death or something. It makes sense that even in the afterlife, there would be a lot of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite juice. things. <laughs> yeah, a Crowley's hell, standing yeah. in line forever. <laughs> Nothing is worse than the, the the line at the fabric store on a Saturday near the holiday. So Crowley's status is he's 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 running hell. He didn't actually get any mojo off of the uh, the deal at the end. He got to he got to live. He didn't have to be blown up like Raphael, but that's what he got out of it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he was he was gonna die, but then he ran away. So he's still running hell. He's the king of hell still. I guess for now, yeah. As far as we know. As far as we know. All right. And uh, Castiel believes that he can run heaven. Good luck with that, buddy. It's a big job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of seems like it's not that big. Like, you just, it's been sort of running itself lately. I mean, he believes himself to be the new god, but it, can he be omniscient and omnipotent and all of those things? Or is it something that he just believes because he's full of juice? I, I just had some Red Bull. I believe a lot of things right now. I see. <laughs> I believe you can Do you have wings? <laughs> I, I you believe you can fly? Well, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see how uh, how Season 7 plays out. But but for right now, Castiel uh, seems to be both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump all rolled into one. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear is right. Oh, what a wreck. We are talking about the apocalypse, so it makes sense. Yeah. I have to step away for a quick yeah, second. Yeah, the dog has the got something. The something is under the couch and needs to be fetched. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'll take a moment here. Uh, do, do we want to discuss what we do next before we actually do it? <laughs> what do we have left? How are we signing this thing off? Um... I, I don't know. I didn't have a structure or a plan, just a bunch of notes. Yeah. 
It's been real, y'all. Bye. <laughs> See y'all in seven. Later, Woo. suckers. Uh, I think I think we've covered just about everything. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I'm glad we did this roundup, though. I feel like I, um, I'm ready to say goodbye to season six, say hello to season seven. Um, we're going to be doing seven as like sort of big blocks. Is that correct for yes. most of it? Yes, including okay. some fairly large blocks. We've got some, some four-episode blocks. Cool. Oh, something in here that I, that I wanted to talk about that also bummed me out that they didn't do enough with or okay. almost anything. Is the the weapons of heaven right? Yes, it's like that. That to me should have been like a seasonal thing, where like they go around tracking down. I get you know what I, I guess because it it reminds me of that show Reaper. Yeah, that it, they did that really well. Used that as their structure, and it's like, oh, why couldn't we have had some of that in Supernatural? Why did they Why did they bring it up if they weren't going to really do anything with it? Yeah, there's right. there's a total of a grand total of one weapon of heaven that actually got out. And then one MacGuffin weapon of heaven, and then the the, the 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 locker for the weapons of heaven. The key, the key to the lockers of the weapons of heaven. So those, those were the three references we got. Pretty much. You know, I think the real reason that Cass's fall this season is so exciting for me is because I am a sucker for redemption story. I I just love it. It's all my favorite characters are like monsters who've done terrible things and are trying to earn their redemption like oh sure well uh, i mean we we have we have we right now we just have the fall we haven't there hasn't been a redemption yet right right we can't talk about that at all but you know <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it does lay some groundwork if that happens to be a thing yes <laughs> All right, so hey, um, we already did the what our, what's our homework for next time, didn't we? We covered that. Four next time we'll be watching four episodes. big fat episodes. Season Which ones? Seven. Yes. <laughs> yes, let's go into that again. Why not? Uh oh, I didn't. Hold on. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll actually pull it up. Uh, here we go. So next week, we will be jumping into Season 7. We'll be starting with a big cluster of the first four episodes, which are titled Meet the New Boss, Hello, Cruel World, The Girl Next Door, and Defending Your Life. I feel like, the, like, like I said, I felt like the, uh, that we had two episodes of, uh, of Castiel with Full Juice, and that's kind of what I feel like is, is going on there. We've got... Uh, Meet the new boss. That'd be that'd be Castiel, and then Hello Crew World being, hey, uh, you don't have that juice anymore, or you're <laughs> something along those lines. And then the other two being somewhat standalone. That's where I'm. That's where I'm going with that. But who knows? Some people. Do. Well, well, we do, but you we do. can't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and I will in like five minutes when I start watching it. So. Oh my gosh! You can stay awake to watch. It's only yeah, nine I mean, it's, yeah, it's only nine. Oh man, I'm so tired. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, should we uh, should we wrap this up then and then and get back to uh, rejoin everybody next week? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so uh, until next time, this has been Paul, Darcy, Annie, John, Andy, Pat, and happy hunting. Happy hunting. Happy hunting. Happy hunting. Bye, y'all. 
You've been listening to Idgitcast from QuadrupleZ.com. Join the discussion at Facebook.com slash We love feedback. You can email us or send us an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to prevent accidental spoilers. Our email address is idgitcastpodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. Find the band at borrowedtrouble.com. Lyrics and vocals by Idgitcast's founder, Allie Jones, who you can find out all about at imthewonderband.com. The closing music you hear right now is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as back episodes of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You can hear more from the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, an intro cast for the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. John Pavlich can be heard on CastleCast, a fan cast for the ABC series Castle at castlecast.net, and his own Sofa Dogs podcast at sofadogs.libsyn.com. Now you can also watch the Sofa Dogs YouTube channel at youtube.com slash user slash Sofa Dogs. Annie is currently acting as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of charity screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity, benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host an event, visit www.cantstoptheserenity.com. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, an intercast for the television series Slings and Arrows, also featured on quadruplez.com. So what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Season six Season was six a mess. Kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it. Right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>